Blog Talk Radio. Women have the power to transform this world. We can end crime and violence if we all agree to do one thing. Share. Let's share our wisdom, share our time, share our talents, share our finances, but most of all, let's share our love. This is The Female Solution. Join me, Naima Latif, every morning, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Central Standard Time, as we bring you stimulating discussions about the issues affecting our lives. If you're listening online at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the-female-solution, press the blue button that says follow and get our daily topics every morning directly to your email and your smartphone. Hi, I'm Naima Latif executive producer of the Female Solution Radio Show. We invite you to call in 515-605-9325 and participate in this daily think tank as we examine the challenges we face and develop solutions that restore peace and harmony. We are global transformers, changing the world from the way it is to the way it should be. We are one. Wherever we live on this earth, We are one human family. On behalf of our team of radio hosts, I'd like to extend a greeting to all the members of our family, whenever and wherever you may be listening around the world. To our family in China, Ni Hao. In India, Namaste. In Japan, Konnichiwa. In Korea, Annyeonghaseyo. In Russia, Zrastutsye. In Germany, Guten Tag. In Poland, Dzień Dobry. In France, bonjour. In Spain, hola. In Italy, ciao. In Egypt, athen wasalan. In Ghana, akwaba. In Nigeria, peleo. In South Africa, saobona. In Senegal, nangadef. In Kenya, jambo. In Israel, shalom. In Pakistan, Afghanistan, and Saudi Arabia, assalamu alaikum. Greetings. And may peace be upon you all. And Grand Rising, thank you all for joining us on this Wednesday edition of the Female Solution Radio Show. And we'll be right back as we connect with our co-host, Kareem Hamid. And later on, we'll be joined by guests to talk about this very critical issue facing our nation today, the homeless crisis. We've compounded it by bringing people who don't speak the predominant language of English to economically distressed cities, and they have no place to go. So we've added to the homeless crisis. But today we want to talk about a solution, and we're going to be right back after these brief messages. So we invite you to call in 515-605-9325 and press 1 when you're ready to add your voice to this conversation. Today we're going to present a proposed solution and see if you think it is feasible, and maybe you might even think of ways that you can participate. We'll be right back. Stay with us. 
Solution Global Radio TV Show invites you to an invigorating conversation with our team of hosts Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Central Time. Start your week with Monday Morning Mindfulness with Zelda Speaks. Tuesdays, Self-Self-Care with Jody Poussin. Wednesdays, Repairing Broken Families with Naima Latif and co-host Kareem Hamid. Thursdays, Soulful Solutions with Dr. Debbie Green. And Fridays, Health and Wellbeing with Beata. Saturdays, tune in 12 noon to 2 p.m. Central Time. First Saturday, Success Strategies with Jana. Second Saturday, Wendy Williams Esquire on Relationships. Third Saturday, Move Around with Deborah. And fourth Saturday, Wisdom with Mama D. Join us Sundays, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Central Time for Soul Purpose Healing with Beata. Call in and comment, 515-605-9325. Press 1 to speak to the host and be a part of the solution. Naima Latif, and we'll be joined with our co-host, Kareem Hamid, 
and our American Muslim 360 family. And we invite you to call in 515-605-9325 and press 1 when you're ready to speak. And we will certainly add you to this conversation. This is a cooperative effort today because we have a problem and we can only solve it together. Let us see if we can bring in our co-host. Yes, Kareem Hamid. Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum. And I extend the greeting to the Female Solution family. Thank you to all my I'm grateful to be this morning. Oh, yes. We are so grateful to be with you and the listening audience around the world, and certainly we're excited about today's show because we're here to present a solution to a problem, and this is what we do. There are a number of cities that are facing this crisis of homelessness, and we know that there are a number of property owners that are sitting on empty apartments, even some whole buildings. And the question is, well, how do we put the two together? Well, there are a lot of issues to be addressed. And one of them, of course, is the trust factor that people have of those who are homeless and living on the streets, the common belief may be that people are mentally ill. But what about if people just don't have a place to stay because they don't have money? And a lot of times that's really all it is. So how do we put together those who need a place to stay, those who have a place to stay, and those who would possibly finance the stay of people while they are seeking financial means. Well, I've been made aware that there are organizations that will pay the the rent for a, a person who is currently homeless for one year and give them a chance to find some type of financial means to support themselves. Catholic Charities does this, one of the organizations. And I believe there are many more that would be willing to help financially a person get on their feet. But even in the wake of that, what if we simply, using an honor system and a written agreement, For those building owners that are willing, what if we simply had them to house those who are homeless and those who are homeless agree to live cooperatively, meaning that they would agree to participate in taking turns in the maintenance and upkeep of the building in exchange for their free rent, And we can bring in agencies that would assist in 
on a weekly basis, providing whatever support services they needed, counseling, job preparation, even those who may need some level of emotional support, therapy, not people who are dangerously mentally ill, but those who may have depression issues that may even lead to drug and alcohol use. But certainly to begin the process of giving people back their humanity. Now, today we're going to bring on some guests one of whom has a building and has housed people, and there are issues that arise, and we're going to talk about that, and another who has lived in a cooperative living environment and has an upcoming book that talks about that experience and some of the challenges, even when all have agreed to operate according to a certain set of spiritual guidelines. We still have the human element, and we'll talk about that. And then we'll introduce a document that we will be presenting to our elected officials, starting out with the aldermen, to have them consider. And then we'll bring in other elements to the situation. What are all of the legal issues? insurance issues, building code issues. Yes, there may be some things that have to be considered. But right now in Chicago, it is, it is, it has, the temperatures have reached a freezing level. It, the temperature is in the 30s. People are still living outdoors. And this is inhumane when we have many, many empty apartment buildings across the city. Intelligence would motivate us to figure this out. So today we want to present a possible solution to this crisis, and we're going to go step-by-step on this document that we believe can answer the questions and be a solution to this crisis. So that's our conversation today. And, of course, we invite our listeners and viewers to call in 515-605-9325 and press 1 when you're ready to speak, and we will gladly get your comments. And we're going to pull up the document on the screen for those who are viewing, but I want to go over a few points, and get your comments. 30 Break will be joined by our guest, and this is called the Cooperative Housing Agreement. And basically, uh, it is like a contract. And it starts out with, you know, I and then the name, and they search a social security number because many homeless people don't have an address, so see their name and their social security number, agree to adhere to the following rules and regulations as a resident under the cooperative housing agreement as issued for the building located at and in the address and owned by and in the name of the owner. 
So I'm going to go over the first two things, and then we'll talk about there are a list of 15 rules and regulations. But I'm going to go over the first two, and then we'll talk about that before the break. Uh, One, I shall occupy apartment number blank, apartment number, in the above stated building and shall maintain cleanliness and order in the apartment for the duration of this agreement, which shall extend from, you know, the date and to the date, unless otherwise terminated for noncompliance with rules and regulations stated herein. Number two, I shall behave in a respectful and considerate manner toward all residents of the above stated building and shall engage in no behaviors that create conflict with or disturbance of any resident. Now that's just the first two things. Well, let me let me go on and, and uh, three. I shall keep the sound of all music, loud conversation, or sounds from electronic devices within the walls of the apartment I occupy. Number four. I shall house no large or dangerous animals and shall be responsible for the removal of any dirt or debris created by any small animals under my care. Number five, I shall participate in the collective maintenance of the building by performing basic cleaning duties of the general areas as outlined by the building owner and according to an agreed-upon schedule by the building owner and tenants. Now, that's just the first five. There there are ten more. But I want to first introduce that and then talk about some of the issues that arise when you're asking adults to agree to something and work in a group, particularly with people that they do not know. So how do we, first of all, deal with people who may not have been in a structured environment for a while? And what are some of the challenges initially that you see would need to be addressed? So, Brother Cream, I'll give you the floor. And and, uh, greetings to everyone that's listening to this broadcast of As-Salamu Alaikum, peace be unto you and uh, upon us all. Uh, This is an ongoing problem that is growing, uh, homelessness. Uh, we are approaching winter months, and um, uh, that can be very life-threatening for those without shelter. Uh, to provide temporary or permanent housing is a very laudable effort. You know, uh, you mentioned Landlords that own large buildings, that own buildings that are vacant. Um, the incentive to me, you, I think we should give an incentive to the property owner. And uh, I think that incentive should be to forgive their property taxes for mm. the duration of this agreement. That's a good idea. That incentivizes, right, that incentivizes the 
property owner to uh, at least look at the program uh, and eventually take part in it. Uh, I, I'm putting myself in the position of a landlord that owns property. And the landlord's concern is the maintenance of history. Will it be vandalized? Well, mm-hmm. if it's sitting vacant at this time, the chances of it being vandalized is great because it is vacant. Yes. There's no one occupying it. And yes. if there is, there are people that have that, that are called squatters. Yes. They don't mean any harm, but they're just seeking shelter. Trying to and get out of the they program. enter the vacant building, right, right, trying to get out of the weather. But if this can be an organized, concerted, intelligent effort that uh, offers uh, shelter to some people are chronic the homeless. They, yeah. um, uh, you know, it takes a lot to reestablish yourself. You, 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 you know, when we see homeless people carrying bags with them, those bags just don't contain clothing and stuff. In a lot of cases, it is important documents that they yeah. will need, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, and, and to assist, assist those that seek to take advantage of this program in, in obtaining documents that they may not have, but also very important. There has to be a screening process. There has to be a screening process so that uh, elements that are that are, are, are not socially uh, uh, socially educated in how to live with others in peace, then we need to screen those that that would uh, apply for this program. Uh, I think it is one, especially with children outside. They're homeless people that have children. There are husbands and wives that are that have not left each other. They are living homeless uh, as a, a couple. And at one time, let me say this: I heard this a guy say he 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 was homeless. He said, "You know, people look at me with a very uh, disgusting look, as if I chose this for myself." But no, this is what has happened to me. You know, after this pandemic and the mortgage forgiveness, the uh, shutting down of businesses, that curtailed employment to a great degree. And some businesses did not reopen. That left a a lot of home, a lot of unemployed people. But... um, but so I'm I'm just stating that we shouldn't look at the homeless as if they chose this for themselves. A lot of them did not. This is something that has happened to them. So and uh, we have a lot of vacant buildings, absent landlords, absent landlords, and uh, whether they keep up with their taxes or not, I believe the forgiveness of personal property taxes would be an incentive for them to educate themselves concerning this a program and uh, assist in developing uh, uh, a place for 
the homeless to habitate, to uh, actually live in. You know, I, I think it's a crime to have shelter and you uh, don't offer shelter to the shelter less. Absolutely. But most home, right? But we have to understand most property owners especially with those that own large properties like apartment buildings, warehouses. Yeah. That, for, for real, that is a financial investment. Yeah. If we, that is yeah. a financial investment. So the incentive is for them is the forgiveness of personal property, of, of, of property taxes over a number of years. That's uh, my take on it, inshallah. So, we hope that uh, to hear more concerning this program and see see how it it can be uh, organized and and actuated in uh, in real time because winter yes. is upon us now. Mm-hmm. Yes, winter is so, upon us. Um, that's a lot of yeah. But you know, I think that's that's, that's some excellent. I think some excellent points that you made, uh, and I certainly think that's an excellent idea of giving incentive to property owners by giving their, their taxes because that's, that's one of the biggest costs that they have. And also uh, some type of screening process for those who are entering because that's another concern. How do you know the, uh, the, the mental some type of evaluation? To make sure that the person is safe, and and I think I think there was another point that you raised about that uh, the uh, well, of course, you know, one of the biggest questions that people have uh, are how do you make sure that uh, the buildings don't get vandalized and things like that. And, and as you pointed out, when they're empty, they're more likely to be vandalized. So having occupants are, uh, having occupants would actually be a benefit, but those occupants must also be people who would not vandalize the property. So this is part of that agreement. So I'm going to go through the next five before we take a break, and we'll talk about that. Number six, I shall consume no alcoholic beverage nor indulge in any mind-altering or illegal substances while on the premises. Number seven, I shall harbor no firearms on the premises nor use any items as a weapon, nor shall I engage in any acts of aggression or threat of bodily harm to any resident or any individual on the premises. Number eight, I shall not solicit nor engage in the sale or trade of any illegal substances. Number nine, I shall actively engage in seeking employment sufficient to pay the regular rental fee of the above state apartment, which would be so many, however many dollars per month, due on the date of, and then that date inserted, one day after the ending date of this agreement. And number 10, I shall house no other individuals in the above-stated apartment other than those listed in this document as children of minor age, legally under my care, who shall be as follows, and then name, age, sex of the person. So those are the next five issues. And, uh, of course, 
that that also addresses the fact that this is a one-year agreement during which they will be actively seeking employment and after one year, that next month, rent is due. So this is a way, and there are currently programs that offer this, um, and generally if people are of sound mind and have the support that they need, if they can be in a place that's stable for a while, it's a lot easier to get a job than if you're living on the street and not able to wash yourself or anything and then trying to get employment. Homelessness in itself becomes a trap that you can't get out of because the things you need in order to get employment you don't have. Number one, being an address, and number two, being a place to maintain yourself. So the cycle of homelessness is is self it, it, it's self repeating because you can't get out of the cycle until you can get into a place, and you can't get into a place until you have money. So if we remove that as the barrier, then perhaps we can help people who are of sound mind, basically, to actually start their lives over. So we're going to take a break and come back and talk to our guests and and go over the last items on this document. We'll pull up on screen for those of you who are watching. And we want you to call in, 515-605-9325 or 515-605-9891, and press 1 when you're ready to add your voice and your suggestions on how we can end this homeless and immigrant crisis. We'll be right back after this quick break, so stick and stay. Don't stray away. We'll be back in a moment, so stay with us. Hi, I'm Naima Latif, and if you're watching this, that means you're one of the 4.6 billion people from around the world who are using an electronic device to talk to people. In these times, people are using the Internet to talk to everybody, friends, neighbors, family members, coworkers. People are on their cell phones and computers all day long. Now, if you're in business, that is great news. That means you can sell your products and services all day long and never have to leave your home. All you need is a media connection, somebody to connect you to an audience. And that's why I'm talking to you today. We produce programs, and our audience members are people who shop. They buy clothes, food, beauty supplies, cleaning supplies, home repair, transportation services, child care services, whatever you're selling, they need to buy it. We're your media connection. Just follow this link, and tomorrow you can sit back and relax at home while your business is making you money. Barbara. I'm Cheryl. And I'm Naima. We're three black moms. 
And in case you didn't notice the resemblance, we're also three sisters. We're going to be coming to you every week, sharing our successes and our mistakes as we navigate our lives as moms, wives, sisters, daughters, and of course, black women in today's world. We'll talk about it all. Race, politics, religion, economics, culture, and we'll take a look at everything from whether or not to use corporal punishment to how do you teach your children about sex. Look for our upcoming book, Growing Up Charles. It's a personal story about our lives growing up in Maple Park on Chicago's South Side. I'm Barbara. I'm Cheryl. And I'm Naima. We're Three Black Moms. Follow us on Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Three Black Moms. Unmuted. And we are back. You're listening to and watching the Female Solution Global Radio TV Show. I'm Naima Latif, along with our co-host, Kareem Hamid, and our American Muslim 360 family. And we want to hear from you. Give us a call, 515-605-9325, and press 1 when you're ready to speak, because we want your comments. i got to put on my second set of eyes here, because we're going to go over this document and... Uh, this is a proposed solution to the crisis that we're facing with the current homeless as well as the immigrants who have recently arrived to many of the distressed, economically distressed cities of the nation. And so for those of you who have just joined us, this is entitled The Cooperative Housing Agreement. And it is intended to provide a means whereby those who are homeless can receive free housing for one year and support services that they need and give those who are in need of stability a chance to find employment. So we're going to go over the last five uh, points before we bring in our, then we're going to go over the whole thing, but certainly we want you all to call in 515-605-9325 and press 1 because we're going to be sending this show to elected officials along with this document and explaining that this is a proposal which if building owners are willing, and we're going to add some of the suggestions that are made here. Uh, of course, Green uh, made an excellent suggestion about the the tax forgiveness. But we also want to include all of you who have ideas, because ultimately we can collectively solve this problem. Number 11, I shall attend weekly self-development classes as provided by the building owner who has contracted with community and faith-based organizations to provide emotional support, counseling, language classes, professional skills training, and motivational presentations. Number 12, I shall attend monthly tenant meetings conducted by the building owner or building manager as duly appointed by the building owner to receive updates on employment opportunities to share concerns and offer suggestions 
for the well-being of the tenants. Number 13, I shall take proper care of all building facilities and shall immediately notify the building owner by phone and in writing of any defects in or malfunctions as soon as detected to allow the building owner to arrange for repairs in a timely manner. Number 14, I shall notify the building owner by phone and in writing if I am terminating this agreement in order to move to another location and shall leave the premises empty of all my possessions and completely clean with no damage to walls, floors, or appliances. And number 15, I understand that failure to comply with any of the above stated rules and regulations as outlined can result in the immediate termination of this agreement, at which time my possessions may be removed by the building owner and I and all occupants under my care may be relocated to a police facility. <laughs> mm. A police facility. <laughs> now, right now, the, the, the immigrants are living in police facilities. <laughs> but, you know, that can be <laughs> yeah. them, you could be arrested. But uh, we'll, we'll talk about that. But, you know, we're going to go, we're going to pull up the document on screen, and we're going to, again, go over each of the 15 points and, and discuss also uh, what kind of agreement, what kind of incentives, as Kareem suggested, it, and, and uh, uh, not only incentives, but also agreements that the, a property owner would need to make uh, to be a part of this process. But we will we'll talk about that. First, I want to, of course, introduce, for those who have not yet met, our dear friend who is, we're going to be seeing a whole lot more of her, but she is owner of property. She's a, a businesswoman, uh, has worked in various fields that gives her insight about finance as well as property ownership and management and has even had one of her properties house people who needed emergency assistance. So there are some issues we need to address. But first of all, we must have compassion when working with those who need help. And that has to be our first motivation. So let us welcome to the show my dear sister, Zoe Ma. Thank you so much for joining us today on The Female Solution. Okay. Oh, can't hear you. Let's make sure we get our, our audio on. Okay. Can't hear you yet. Uh, yeah, can't hear you yet. We're, we're going to see if we can make sure we're unmuted on all your devices. And uh, and while we're, while we're working with her sound, Kareem, you want to give us some feedback on some of the points that you heard? Yes, um, a lengthy agreement, but the agree, but what what has been written is a somewhat assures safety and security for the occupants and the property owner. You know that part where it says I shall not consume alcohol or drugs. Um, you know how? You know my question: How? And that be enforced. Enforced. Well, you know. You you know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I'm just just saying that, you know, we bring baggage with us wherever we're at. There we are. Uh, 
I'm uh, so that that it makes sense to not want uh, alcoholic beverages uh, uh, affect the resident, but uh, that's something that that uh, will really need. Uh, I mean, how do you maintain that? You know, how do you you uh, police that? How do you police that? Although it is a concern. Uh, but which is a very good point, and uh, you know the firearms and weapons. Um, we know there is a a right to carry now, and a lot of people for their own protection are obtaining firearms. I'm not, I don't know if the homeless is in that group, but many of them may already have firearms. They may have have had firearms before they became homeless. So uh, that's another, you know, concern that I have because we are seeing that homeless people are being assaulted. The homeless are being, in some cases, just shot and killed just for the the sport of it, you know, just for the the sport of it. So, uh, uh, the homeless do need protection from violence and assault. And if they uh, have uh, are accepted into this program and they are occupying a dwelling or a large apartment complex, I, I, uh, I would strongly suggest, and I don't know who would fund it, but I believe there needs to be a level of security placed over that dwelling and its occupants because they would be setting ducks for any that uh, had a a a negative a negative intent on the resident. Uh, safety and security is very important. Uh, so you know, my question is how will how would the the security be financed? be financed, uh, that's very, because there are women, there are children, there's the elderly, there are those that have uh, physical impairment. Uh, we don't want to create a, a, a situation whereby they are targeted by the criminal element that's in every city, every town, every habitat. So my concern is also the safety and security of, of the occupants that are accepted as residents in these dwellings. That's another concern of mine, which uh, I hope to hear from Zoli, Zoli Ma, as to how she will address that. Uh, uh, it's a, a laudable idea, but we have to recognize with every idea we have, what usually shuts the idea down is when in the meeting you ask, well, how will we finance that? Then everybody falls silent. <laughs> so we must come up with a mechanism. Yeah. <laughs> Good and, and, that's, and that's why we end Good up idea. at an impasse, you know, and that's why we have yeah. this problem because yeah. everything has stopped and the crisis is continuing. So those are those are very important points that you've raised. And our 
our our Monday morning host Zelda, her brother who during a time he was homeless was shot and killed. He was murdered. And so that spearheaded mm-hmm. her to be a very strong activist in helping the homeless as well as an advocate for the homeless. But that is an issue, the security, the safety, and mm-hmm. the fact that people do get assaulted. But now the other issue is if you're in a place with your family, your children, yourself, you want to feel safe and not feel that another tenant could assault you. So these buildings must be safe places. Now, you can't you can't govern what people do outside the building. And, of course, people are free to go. There's not prison. They're free to do whatever they want to do outside, even as far as drinking. But if there's to be no alcohol on the premises, then that's, that's something that they would need to comply with. And you say, how do you police that? And that's also another question. How do you let people live without feeling like they're being over-policed or treated like they're in prison just simply because they don't have money? We tend to do that. And there are shelters that allow people temporary overnight housing, but there are very strict rules. And sometimes it's almost prison-like. You've got curfews where you've got to be in at a certain time. And we're not suggesting that. We're not suggesting that people be treated any differently than if they were a paying renter, except for these agreements because they're not paying rent. So in exchange for not paying rent, there has to be some level of safety that they agree to comply with simply because other people have to trust that they are not going to be dangerous and the environment itself has to be a place of safety. Now, if you drink somewhere else and you come back in drunk and acting ignorant, you can be put out. So the non-alcohol policy is to at least help those sober to stay sober, to more support their sobriety so that they don't end up acting out of character when they're out of their mind as a result of alcohol or drug consumption and then ending up losing their housing privileges. But you can't keep people from drinking outside the building. They just, you know, if they, and, and again, the policing issue, how do you enforce these things without security? And if you're going to have security, you have to pay them. So then how do you bring in an element of people that will be willing to finance this? And one of the things that I thought about is the fact that Catholic Charities does finance. Uh, it's a program where you can, you can get a housing taken care of or subsidized uh, for one year, and then after that you need to pay the regular fee but they will help you. And I'm sure there's a there's screening process with those people that are in that program. So perhaps the next step is to look at uh, look at 
organization that might be willing to finance this effort. So we're going to uh, bring this document on screen and, and bring in our guest, Zoe, to talk about some of these things that you've raised, which are uh, which are definitely valid things to consider, especially because we have to find a way to work as private citizens to create a solution, even if the government does nothing. First, let me bring in our guest and then talk about some of the issues that you've raised. And again, let us welcome Zoe Ma. Okay, can we hear you now? Hello. Ah, yes, we can hear you now. Wonderful, wonderful. (laughs) Hey, thank you. Yes. So I'm so glad to be on the show and discuss this uh, issue because it's dear to me. <laughs> uh, um, and I think um, with my background, I probably can have some suggestions that it really outside the box because ah. my unique experience and background. Yes. And then, you know, um, I think, you know, uh, maybe I can give you uh, uh, the audience here um, like uh, some information about my background and, yes. and as far as the housing goes on that just on that point and then uh, why I have a different idea about this mm-hmm. um, so I came from China I grew up in China and came to the United States uh, when I was 25 year old uh, I but my first experience with housing on my own was when I graduated from college and I got a job away from my, in a city, away from my parents, that I need a housing when I start working yeah. in a different city. So, so here's my unique uh, perspective. How, you know, in 30 years ago when China was poor, how they solve the housing problem. See, in China, in China never, well, I can't say never have a homeless issue. Um, China had a homeless issue before, but it's different than the one in the United States. Uh, but there's some structures think that, that China have a solution that is not available to the United States. Mm. But there is a concept that it can be implemented in the United States. And I think I might give you an alternative uh, to a a solution that maybe, I don't know about the United States, but just for the city of Chicago can can probably try to implement. Yeah. Which is when I first got my job in a different city as a, a new college grad, there's, n- there's no way I can have a, uh, there was actually, there was no rental housing at that time in China. All the housing, uh, all the uh, housing was uh, owned by the state. 
uh, or by farmers. So in China, there's two types of ownership. Housing either you uh, own by the uh, farmers, and they have land and they have, they have a house. But in the city, all the housing was in, uh, owned by the state. Mm. So when I, uh, at that time, housing is as is a uh, employee benefit as much as healthcare. So when I first get my job, in addition to my uh, healthcare benefit, I also have a housing benefit, which I have a door. So at that time, to solve the housing problem is in China, for somebody who need housing in the uh, urban in environment, is the housing is connected with your employment. Mm. You know, so, yeah, so because, you know, somebody needs to pay for the housing. How to pay? is when you work for employer, part of your compensation come in the form of housing. So it's like a, so what I have, I remember my first housing, um, I actually, I, you know, the funny thing is, as a Chinese Muslim, I, in China, the only probably non-Muslim country has a Muslim privilege policy. Mm. Uh, so when I graduate, when I got my job at the, with my first employer, the non-Muslim, they share one room, like four girls, four boys, four guys share one room. You know, of course, it's a bigger room. But I had, I had a SRO, single resident. Single room occupancy, yeah. Occupancy, I, because I'm a Muslim. Ah. So they gave they gave me the, the, the privilege, the Muslim privilege, because, you know, being Muslim have a dietary restriction, you know, limitation, restriction, mm-hmm. that they allow me, they actually gave me the, you know, affirmative action in terms of housing. Ah. And my SRO, you know how big is my SRO? How big was it? 25 square feet. Ah. Just a, just a size mm-hmm. of a... A little bigger of uh, uh, than the uh, single bed, uh, the twin bed. Wow. But you know that's sufficient. Mm-hmm. You just have your room. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know you have like I had a, a room and a dresser, and that's that's you know enough space to put a, a few my suitcases. That's all. That was my uh, my first housing on my own for my first three years in China. Wow. Wow. So, but I think, like the, the gentleman talked about how to finance housing. I think some of the big uh, employers in the United States or in Chicago to be, you know, just let's talk about Chicago, Walmart, the big employers, when they hire minimum wage employees, they should provide SROs for the employees. Mm. to start with. And that way, the young people, or whoever, you can be old, you are, as long as you are on minimum wage, you, there's no way you can afford a, afford a decent apartment. apartment. Right. 
So that's the, the very first reason for homeless is the minimum wage job. Right. So now how does that work? Uh, so let's say a person is, is, is employed by, you know, one of these companies, say a Walmart, uh, who's homeless, and the exchange is Walmart would would pay the building owner, uh, and so th- that would be how yeah. they would get I their rent. So, I think so. The, the, because the owner also has a lot of liability. There's a lot of liability to be a, a rent, rental property owner. The one issue is what if that person, if they Property owners sign a lease with their tenants, and the tenants refuse to move out. The owner has to go a lot of pro- legal process to evict that person. Them out. Yeah. It's a very, very expensive process. And then we don't want to incur that on the, you know, the, that expense, in, uh, impose that on the, on the shoulder of the property owner when they try to buy out of the homeless. Well, that's that's the other thing, uh, and and we'll bring up this document on screen. We we don't want a property owner to have to go through that kind of expense to get someone out who already isn't paying rent. So, part of this agreement is that you can be terminated instantly. You don't get due process. You don't get no, no, no. You know, that's avoided American law. I mean. Yeah. Because the thing about it, if someone is a threat, and, and it's just like because I, I'm aware of a situation at one of the shelters where a woman was threatening someone, and the police came and got them and, and, and basically put them out. So if you're arrested, <laughs> you don't, you, you know, it's not like, okay, I got I to gotta serve your notice, I got to do that. If you, are, if you are accused of doing something that is in violation of the safety. I think in this setting it's a little bit different. Yeah. In in the legal sense, it's, if there's a contract as a renter and as a renter and then a landlord, mm-hmm. it's a different law than a shelter. Yeah. So, yeah, I can you know I can be put in jail, but if I have belonging in that apartment, it cannot be evicted. So you have to go through a process. I think that part. We need to have a lawyer to look through it. If there's an exemption in this case. Um, another thing is if, because when we sign a legal document, like a lease, doesn't matter if it's uh, um, like intent to, you know, whatever it is, if someone claim in the end saying, you know, I'm not uh, mentally capable to sign this. I cannot hold accountable for this lease. So that I think that the, 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 if that person have the capacity to sign a lease, so I feel there's a lot of risk on the side of the property owner that we have to address and then minimize the liability issue for the property owner because I own property. Yeah. So I have I have um I have a property in Wisconsin right now. Um I think for a couple of years, you know, we don't charge I don't charge anything because I'm not there to manage. 
So I have the, this nonprofit organization uh, use it to uh, housing unemployed, you know, homeless or people with uh, alcohol issues. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the manager said, like, you know, right now it's too much for me. Probably I will not deal with people with alcohol issue anymore. And that's one of the biggest, I guess, liabilities and the biggest challenges in this situation is that people who have alcohol issues create problems. And a lot of times the reason why they're homeless is because they have an alcohol issue. So yes. you got to figure out how do, how do we address this? People are homeless largely due to their, their own difficulties. And if you can help them get rid of the alcohol addiction or at least keep it under control while they're on that premises, then maybe their behavior will be manageable. So, so Yeah, so that's why I suggest to work with a third party to eliminate the liability of the property owners, to work with employ- another employer. So the employer can tell the um the, the, the tenants, you sign the lease with the employer. That the employer, because they will police that person during the daytime. You need to work for us only when you are sober. Mm-hmm. Okay, that will actually, in a way, also reduce the continuation of alcoholism or addiction on part of that tenant. If that pet, so because the contract is between the tenant the, between the landlord and the the employee employer and then the housing is a benefit of the ten, the employment so whenever that person cannot be hired due to alcohol addiction or any issue that contract can be terminated Im- immediately because that person is fired there's mm. no contract there's no uh, uh, contractual right between the tenant and the landlord. I, my personal suggestion is mean as minimum as much risk possible, and this agreement can be between the tenant and the, the employer. If that tenant, as part of employment, need to follow abide by this agreement, and the, is the employers who has a lot of financial muscle to deal with any legal issue. Now that's a thought. You know, Zoe. Yes, that's a thought. You know, we got we got to yeah. take a break. Uh, um, we we got to take a break, but I want to take your question as soon as we get back um, because that's that's a thought. Uh, especially when I think of a lot of these places that use like maybe day labor, but maybe they could act as the employer that would have this agreement with the building owner. But we'll talk about that when we come back. First thing, we'll come back, we'll take, uh, and we'll go over, for those who are just joining us, we'll go over this entire agreement again and get your thoughts. We want you to call in 515-605-9325 and press 1 when you're ready to speak so that we can get your thoughts. If you want to see it online, you can go to The Female Solution on Facebook or The Female Solution on YouTube and we're going to keep the document on the screen uh, as we take a commercial break. Give you a chance to read it over 
and call in with your suggestions because our next step is to put this in motion by adding all those elements that you suggest, taking it to our elected officials, but also taking it to the business community and seeing if we can all work together to end this crisis. So we'll be right back after this quick break. So we want you to stay with us. We have an opportunity to transform the whole global society in the next 50 years. 50 years from now, the earth will be populated by a new generation of adults, many of whom are yet unborn. Our mission is to nurture them in childhood with love, guidance, and protection, and to raise them in healthy, happy families. If we impart values of compassion, generosity, and respect for fellow human beings in the next generation of children, they will create a world where people can live together in peace. This is our goal. Be a part of the transformation. Get your copy of the book, The Female Solution. Go to www.naimalatif.com. That's www.naimahlatif.com. Do you want to live in a world without war? Join our global peace movement. Heavenly Culture World Peace Restoration of Light transcends culture, religion, ideology, and other boundaries to achieve peaceful harmony in the global society. HWPL is committed to bringing world peace and cessation of war through peaceful dialogue between religious groups. I am Director Shin Suk Kim of the HWPL Chicago branch of North America. Join us for our next gathering. Call 773-580-1501 and be a part of the movement for world peace. Email us at chicagohwpl at gmail.com. Oh, man. God sent the monthly sun bill today. This sunlight is really expensive, especially during this season. I'll probably have to work overtime to pay it. Well, you better pay it on time. We don't want the sun to go out and we're sitting up here all day in the dark. Wouldn't it be terrible if God charged us for sunlight? Well, thank God, the light and heat from the sun is free. So why are we paying such high bills for the energy we use in our homes? because we don't know how to use solar energy, the free energy from the sun. You can convert your regular home to a solar energy home and save tremendously on your electric bill. Take a look at your electric bill. Wouldn't you like to reduce or possibly even eliminate that cost altogether? Let one of our solar consultants show you how. Call today, 312-849-3456 and schedule a free consultation. That's 
you're listening to and watching the Female Solution Global Radio TV Show. I'm Naima Latif, along with our co-host, Kareem Hamid, and our American Muslim 360 family. And our guest today is Zoe Ma, a businesswoman, a property owner, and one with a unique perspective as an immigrant and one who has observed solution of the housing problem in China. So perhaps we can learn from this experience and incorporate this solution in ways that would help to resolve this growing crisis, made even worse exponentially by the sudden influx of migrants from Venezuela, a a warm climate, and here in Chicago where city officials are trying to think of everything from forming tent cities to currently now they're being housed in police stations, but it's about to get into the cold of winter. Matter of fact, the the temperatures are freezing today, and and we have an existing uh, crisis with the homeless that have been living outdoors for years. And so city residents are angry, they're frustrated, and somebody has to come up with a solution, and the politicians don't seem to be able to do it. So we're here to help. Kareem, you had a, a comment or, or question or observation uh, on some of the, the things that Zoe suggested? Yes. Uh, the formula that Zoe is suggesting has it has been tried here in this country. Uh there were a whole town that was owned by an employer. They were called company town. I think I remember the company that. built housing. Yes. The company built housing for the employees and part of their salary would cover the rent. Mm-hmm. For uh that uh, that housing, uh, we need to look back at that history. We need to look back at that and see what was the pluses, the negatives, and how that idea can be moved forward. Um, you know, I have to admit that uh, there have been some negative uh, negative situations coming from out of the employee her owning the residence of the employees. Rents were raised with no consultation. Uh, Not only are you under the threat of being fired, you're under the threat of being sat out on the street. That's a lot of of leverage for an employer. You know, that's a lot of leverage there. so, but I, I think if we take a careful look at it and put processes in place that protect both entities, the employer and the employees, uh, I'm, I, I look back on that period. Uh, Andrew Carnegie on the uh, area called Homestead. Mm. And home homestead was a steel foundry, a steel foundry. 
And uh, I advise us to look at what took place in Homestead um, and see how we can correct the, uh, the, the flaws that was in that. A lot of employers at that time, they built housing around their factories, their places of employment to provide housing for their employees. But that's an excellent idea to look at. But we want to put safeguards there so that no one is used and abused with that contract. Uh, you know, that's, that's one opportunity that's open to us to look at concerning uh, massive unemployment and homelessness and homelessness. But it would require that whoever the employer is, he has to have deep pockets, you know, <laughs> have deep pockets to provide facilities like that. Um, China, I heard a report on China yesterday, and China is rivaling, is rivaling the United States for uh, influence. I can remember my mother saying to us as we were eating our meals, eat all of your food because people in China are starving. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, yeah, I remember yeah. that. Yeah. And, uh, but we look back, but, but we look at the present. China is a very educated population. Absolutely. They are somewhat leading, leading in the field of uh, artificial intelligence technology. Uh, it's one thing that, that, that I can't remember the leader's name, but he opened up education, education to all the citizens of China. He did. Uh, there was an all-out push for education. The emphasis was on education. And they are a very educated population. The strength of a nation is the, the strength of the intellect of the people themselves. And so we need to look at what transpired in China. All of it is not beautiful. All of it is not beautiful, but it do warrant a look at what did, how did they transform that huge country, very huge country, with a huge population. And they are in the position now of rivaling uh, uh, China's influence on the world. We need to look at the how did, how were they able to do that? Uh, science, China is a success story. We're not hearing eat your food because people in China are starving. Uh, right. China, uh, yeah, they use a, a two-pronged approach. It was government ownership and also private capitalism. Private capitalism. They melded those two together. I believe China felt a responsibility to provide for the common welfare of its citizens. Yeah. The common welfare of its citizens. 
They and took that's that responsibility what, upon yeah. themselves. Food, that's what makes it clothing and shelter and yeah. education. The United States we are we we are far we are behind in relationship to the well being of our citizens. Right. Uh, so there there needs to be less finances of swords and tanks and guns and more investment in the people and the welfare of the people. I think that is how we can address these social issues. The government does have a responsibility and a social contract between the governed. You know, the decisions that they they uh, make, they have to consider what will this how will this affect the citizens of our country? So that partnership between government and private enterprise, I believe Zoe is really making the connection on that, how this problem can be addressed is a partnership between government and private enterprise. I, you know, that's broad, but... Uh, but it is a very important, important ingredient that we're missing in this country. Absolutely. So I'll, I'll stop right there. Excellent, excellent uh, guest that you have, and she has a, a background and a history that she has shared with us. And it, it sounds like a success story. So if she would share further with us some of her ideas, we would greatly appreciate that. Thank yeah. you, Zoe. And may yes. have a wonderful morning. <laughs> yes, yes, definitely. This is such a, an opportunity for us to learn from the successes of another country. Uh, but also, uh, like you mentioned, uh, Kareem, is that when we did that, sometimes there were abuses. And it can be very intimidating if the person that you worked for also controls where you live, they request you to do something or if there's a conflict on the job, then you're threatened not only with firing but with eviction from your home. So how do you prevent people from being abused in that manner? You know, it, 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 and also, like Zoe pointed out, there's some major liabilities that, a property owner is taking on by housing somebody who's going to be responsible if they destroy property, if they destroy lives. How do you avoid, you know, lawsuits, all kinds of things, even though if you're, you know, if you start a homeless, you, you really don't have the means to sue uh, because if you did that, you wouldn't be homeless. But at the same time, you still, as a property owner, you are taking on the liability every time somebody enters your apartment and enters a place where you live. So we have to find a way to have as the incentive the safety and security and care of people who are now currently homeless. That has to be the reason for this so that we can Look at what are the needs of the people because, like you just pointed out, Kareem, one of the reasons why America is so behind is that we didn't take care of the people. And so when you don't care for the people, they can't be educated. If they can't be educated, they can't be skilled. If they can't be skilled, then they can't work in the industries that produce 
what the nation needs for its survival. So then as a nation, we become poorer and more uh, dependent and more more using the crime industry as a means to generate income. So you turn people into criminals, and then you, you uh, make the criminal justice system the biggest business that you have because you have neglected your education and your training and the well-being of the citizens. This model isn't working. That's why America is at the, at the head of crime and punishment in the world. This model doesn't work. So we, can't, we have to realize it's not going to work. We can't keep trying to work it. we got to try something else. I want to uh, – can I put, a, uh, put my uh, few thoughts here? Absolutely. Okay. So the two things that I want to point out, um, number one, Housing should be a basic human right. Mm, if you agree. don't have a house that you have to worry about every day where you're going to sleep, that will add to the mental health problem to, you know, to handle that threat. You may have to go to, uh, uh, you know, the, the alcohol addiction. So I, it's a vicious cycle that, only when you are too drunk to realize you are you 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 are under the distress of not have housing. There's no there's no security of being just know where you're gonna sleep, dead and then be safe. So housing contributes to to the mental health issue. That into and then the, the way the uh, cause the alcohol addiction. I mean, alcohol addiction to many things, but I think the number one issue is that we have to, as a society, we have to consider housing is basic human right. We are not animals. We are human beings. We deserve to live in a place with a roof over our head than not to be uh, attacked by somebody else, like outside. So, that, I think the, so how to enforce housing as a basic human right is going to be a collaboration of a state and enterprise because this country, you know, I'm a sociologist. I came to this country 30 years ago to go to graduate school to study sociology because I try to understand how the social society works. And, you know, the, for the past 30 years, I've been comparing the China solution and the American solution, and see which one works better for the humanity. And then I think number one, China has done right. It's housing, it's a basic human right. Mm. And if that's why you go to see go to China, you do not see homeless people. You can go anywhere in China. You can go to big city because there are many like uh, YouTube YouTubers in China. Try to find. They want to show. Okay, where's the homeless? Because there's no China has the number one policy to make sure every individual Chinese have a right to housing. N- number two about education. 
I think we are in the mindset that people have to be highly educated to be an upright citizen. I want to tell you uh, a story of my client who I just went to Florida to visit them last two weeks ago in Florida. Uh, this, this couple is about my age, just a tiny bit younger, like two years younger. They are originally from the, pe the peasant class in China. Uh, when they grew up, they were extremely poor because they were farmers. Uh, they have a different uh, life path than me, who grew up in the city, was born and grew up in the city as big as Chicago. And then, um, so I, I advanced my life through education. You know, I got the, into the, well, by God's grace, I got into the college prep school, only one, and then got to college. At that time, only 10% uh, of high school graduates was able to go to college. And, you know, I come to the United States because I have this uh, college education, so I can get to middle class uh, instantly after, you know, graduate school. But I, in China, I was already a middle class. Uh, at that time, the middle class is 1% of the population. So these people was like bottom 99% but 30 years ago. Today, they spent half a million dollars in cash bought American residency with a very high school education. They were high school dropouts, both of them. How did they uh, get to where, how, how could they get to where they are? They are like, a, by American standard, it's upper middle class. They have, half, they spent half a million dollars cash uh, by the American residency. They also own uh, probably $300,000 home in Florida, and they are going to spend another half a million to buy another home. So you, you see they have a lot of cash. They are quite successful. How did China, uh, you know, at, at this point, there's a 400 million middle-class Chinese. Just in the, they, they actually, China manufactured 400 million middle-class Chinese in the last 30 years, a bigger population than the whole United States. How did China did that? Those people did not, most of them did not have college education. Most of them are high school dropouts. What did they do? They are private business owners. Mm. They do, uh, they, they were in commerce. You know, they, they were selling everything. You know, now, you know, they, they were, I think the last thing they were selling was like fishing equipment for middle class. So China will get people out of poverty, not by employers, by building these people as individual, you know, sole proprietors. Mm. Okay? That makes so, sense. Because... Yeah. Yes, Zoe? Yes. If you, uh, yes. I watched uh, a, uh, a, a, a comparative study between China in the United States, um, our our credit rating, mm. our debt ratio, our debt ratio in this country is very high. Uh, 
Most people don't say they uh, their 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 savings is either non-existent or minimal, uh, and that uh, that harms the whole country really. But most of us live our lives on credit. Uh, even the educational system here. Right. You must take out a loan with the government. And after you have obtained your degree, you are saddled with a heavy debt. Yes. And so most of your income is going back into the system. Uh, and you uh, uh, can't move forward. Uh, I, we have a mindset in this country. We have a consumerism mindset, a consumerism mindset. Uh, I know in China, commercialism is there. Yes, it's, 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 it's there. They uh, are aware of FUBU, Nike, Fenty, all of these brand names. But there's not so much pressure on the people of, of China to spend their money on these things that are promoted to the population. They have a they there is a a, a a cultural a cultural ingredient that they have and that is saving and sharing with the family. Savings. Uh most of us live right on the edge of death. You're <laughs> yeah. saddled with death. So we have to change yeah. our minds and put our focus on improving the life of human beings in this country. And as I say, it requires a, a shift in our mindset as, at the governing level and at the private ownership level. China yeah. has built a very modern, very modern uh, speed rail Across yes. the country, yes. they, they have re, revamped their ports and infrastructure. They have a state-of-the-art, of-the-art uh, infrastructure. Uh, they are, are, uh, are uh, looking to the future. Uh, uh, so that partnership between government and finance is very important. Uh, we have this homelessness because our focus has not been on the condition of the citizens. That's right. Uh, this housing bubble that that blew up, the housing market blew up. Worthless paper was uh, issued concerning credit on housing. A lot of people lost their homes and when that a bubble burst and there has not been a repair mechanism for those that was caught up in that. As I said, some people are homeless not through fault of their own. This is something that happened to them. Yeah, but it's like going to require right? mm-hmm. Yeah, like it's like you're saying the debt require a mindset. Yes. yes. It's crippling us. Yes. And and then you miss one payment, uh, and or something happens and you lose a job because you had no savings. You, there was no safety net. 
you uh, can't pay your rent, next thing you know, you're being evicted because the whole lifestyle, the whole debt lifestyle. And I, I can see that this, well, this model isn't working. It's not working for us. So we have to we have to change our minds. And then, as Zoe pointing out, the entrepreneurship that's encouraged, if people are thinking of ways that they can serve, they can create a, a, an answer to a need. There are so many different gadgets uh, and, and, and inventions coming out of China because people are now free to be creative. They are now being able to solve problems throughout the world with their inventions, and we're going to hear more about that because people are creating things because they've been free from that kind of burden of debt and the disorientation of homelessness. So this is what happens when you empower your citizens. They can create solutions. They can create products. They can create commerce. That's what China has been able to do as a result of solving this homeless crisis. So we got to take our last break. And when we come back, we're going to again go over this, these 15 items and, of course, uh, look at the, our next step, which will be to then implement this with those who are willing to participate and even approach our elected officials to determine which official, and we'll present it to all of our aldermen here in the city, which official is willing to present this and work on this as something that the government can support by some of the measures that Kareem mentioned, such as the forgiveness of the tax debt while a building owner is participating in this cooperative housing agreement. So we'll be right back after this last break, and we invite you to stick and stay. Don't stray away. And if you are listening online and want to join this conversation, give us a call, 515-605-9325 or 515-605-9891, and press 1 so the host can open your mic. And if you're on our switchboard and want to see this document, we're going to go over it after the break. You can go to The Female Solution on Facebook or The Female Solution on YouTube, and it's here on the screen. We'll go over it after the break and continue this discussion when we return. Yes, Naima? Yes. We have a caller on the line after this break. Let's open up their their mic and hear what they can contribute to this very important subject matter. All right. Carl, we'll take you right after break, so stay with us. Tune in to Soulful Solutions with Dr. Debbie Green on Thursdays at 7 a.m. Central Standard Time and 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time to hear great topics and stories on grief and turn it into victory. Join Dr. Debbie Green to listen to stories of triumph and learn how to overcome. You are not alone in your life, and there is hope in the darkest hour. This is your time to learn strategies and solutions to improve your life. It's your time. So join Dr. Debbie Green with Sofa Solutions and call in on Thursday at 7 a.m. Central Standard Time and 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time at 515 9325 with comments and questions. Look to hear from you real soon. 
Hey, it's time to take charge of your health. I'm Viata, your Holistic Life Coach, and every Friday morning at 8 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time, I'm here on The Female Solution to empower you to make choices that will assist your evolution to abundant health. I'm also blogging every Sunday evening at 8 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time at Soul Purpose Healing, where I bring you a spiritual chiropractic adjustment to bring you back into alignment with our Creator's love, compassion, and wisdom. Join me every Friday morning at 8 a.m. and Sunday evening at 8 p.m. for a time of unity, enlightenment, and love vibrations. Shalom. Are you constantly arguing with your spouse? Are your children misbehaving and acting out? Is someone in your family abusing drugs? Have you been the victim of domestic violence? Are you grieving over the loss of a loved one? Let us help you restore serenity to your life. At Serenity Family Social Services, we understand that good mental health is a result of emotional well-being. Our goal is to assist you and your family in removing emotional distress and restoring harmony and balance to your lives. We offer individuals, couples, and family counseling. I'm Howard Williams, CEO of Serenity Family Social Services. Call us today at 312-315-4820. That's 312-315-4820. the Female Solution Global Radio TV Show. I'm Naima Latif, along with our co-host, Kareem Hamid, and our guest today is Zoe Ma, a businesswoman from China and property owner who has an insight on how we may solve this housing crisis. We've introduced a possible solution, cooperative housing agreement that we propose is an agreement between those who are currently homeless, and this includes everybody. This has to be open to everybody, be they longtime homeless person who's already a citizen here in America, as well as those who have been suddenly thrust upon the citizens, the cities of America, and may not speak the dominant language of English, but certainly as a human being have a human right to housing. This has to be the attitude that we bring. And so we're going to take callers. And uh, before we take that caller, I just want to share some of the comments from our Facebook family. We've got, well, our Monday Morning Mindfulness host, and also you need to go to her website, higherlearningnetwork.org, where she works and bringing comfort and help to the homeless. She says, Grand Rising Wisdom Teachers, thank you for bringing this issue to the public. Sounds like America needs to replicate China's approach to homelessness. Right to housing is definitely a human right. And Viata, our Friday host, says, 
Grand Rising, beautiful queens. This is a valuable information that could transform a generation. And she asked the question, why do many political figures see China as a major threat to the USA? That's another attitude that has to change. We're one world, one earth. Nobody's a threat to anybody. We can all learn from each other if we would just see ourselves as one unit. And they, I think they're, they fear China because China has employed things that has empowered the people. And therefore, they're becoming a very strong economic world power. That's why there is fear. Um, so, Kareem, let's let's take a, a caller on the line there. Okay, error code seven seven nine seven seven zero. Welcome to the Female Solution. Please state your name and where you're calling from, please. I'm sorry, I didn't quite hear the name. What was it again? Hassan Kamau. Hassan Kamau? Yes. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, thank you for joining us. Go right ahead with your question or comment. My comment is this. America, the biggest problem is America has a twisted concept about humanity. They have facilities for the homeless and everybody else. But you have to have a criminal record. You can go to jail right now. All those places, all the food, shelter, but you have to have a criminal record. But that the jails are number one entities, homeless people, boys home, girls home, juveniles. So you have to have a criminal record. They're doing it, accepted the employment, the the employment places, they suppress all that with the money, with the food, but that's not a criminal record. They, they got a place to be in store for that. They got to go to there to do it. That's crazy. They just destroy your life to get those things. It's crazy. They're not to have a, a twisted mindset. They have to have a twisted mindset. You got to get those things in place right now. They got to go to there to get That's crazy. Anyway, that's my comment. I'm coming. Well, we, we appreciate your comment. Uh, uh, you, you know, they have criminalized homelessness. Yes, and and they uh, have criminalized it. And not only have they criminalized it, but they've also put many homeless people in a in a situation where the jail has become a homeless shelter. And there are people who, rather than be on the streets in this cold weather. You know, they might even purposely commit some little petty theft or crime so they can be taken to jail so they can have a place to stay. So it really is outrageous. They've criminalized homelessness, and then they've made it so that you don't have any place to go but jail other than freeze to death and whether that's about to be way too cold to be outside. Even if even if you're in a tent, it's, 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 un, it's inhuman. And uh, like Zoe said, Housing needs to be a human right. We need to follow China's example. So I want to, for those who just joined us, want to quickly go through these these 15 conditions. Uh, this cooperative housing. Oh, go, go ahead. Before. For this document? Yes. On the first paragraph? Yes. I would suggest. Okay, I'm not a lawyer, first of all, mm-hmm. but uh, as a proper owner, and I have uh, a lot of, uh, well, fairly above average knowledge of the law mm-hmm. then you know 
as far as a lay person goes. Right. I think on the first paragraph, yeah. we need to put a language that data agreement does not create a contract, a right. It's a right as a tenant and landlord uh, uh, relationship. It's only a license of a stay, a temporary stay, uh, while meeting compliance with such agreement. So this way, probably, you know, maybe I'm not a lawyer. I think this we definitely need a lawyer to review this agreement to make sure um, that um, in case uh, a tenant violates such agreement, that there's no legal recourse for the tenant to uh, occupy the, the, uh, the property uh, that's harming the interest of landlord and property owner. So um, definitely I will add that. that this agreement does not constitute a contract of rights as a, ten, a landlord and tenant. Then they have to agree that. So maybe that one will uh, help the landlord avoid uh, litigation in in case there's dispute between the tenant and the, you know the resident you, you will never use the words tenant it just words a resident and property owner there's oh. no tenant and landlord relationship there's they shouldn't be so they cannot go to you know uh some a legal clinic, a tenant rights legal clinic, say, oh, I'm a tenant here, so uh, just bring a lawsuit for me because there's a free legal tenant, free legal rights for tenants. And the landlord does not have that resources. Okay, so I think the wording you said was this agreement does not constitute contractual rights as under a landlord tenant agreement, but merely allows for the temporary shelter of the unhoused, something like that? Yeah, it's, a, it's a, just a, a license to, to stay, a license to stay. You know, just like a permission to allow that person to stay while in compliance in such, in this, this agreement. So they, are, they can only allow to stay when they are meeting the, the requirement of this agreement. Oh, okay. So that that um, removes that being framed. Excuse me, go, go ahead. I'm sorry, what was what was the question? I'm sorry. What was the question? Yes, wouldn't that wouldn't the proper wording in order to avoid tenant a uh, identification that is utilized now? It's called an occupancy permit. An occupancy permit. The permit is housed in in the contract that you, you are proposing. You you know uh, you must meet these requirements to continue to occupy that dwelling or that space. That way we avoid. I don't know if I the, want to use the word occupy. Tenant. Yeah. I don't know if I want to use the word occupy. Well, I um. So number one, it says I well, shall have. occupy apartment number so and so. So is there another word? Uh, or just you... stay. I can stay in this. Uh, just a stay. 
about language that makes it clear that the person who is in the apartment is not a tenant with legal tenant rights. They're more like a person who is either staying temporarily at a, uh, a, a like a, a hotel or a shelter. So they don't have regular tenant rights, so they can't sue, you know, they, they can't demand that court proceedings before eviction. You know, it's got to be clear that they can't create a disturbance, and then the building owner has all of these legal steps they have to take to get them out. Because this is a this is a very big building owner taking having someone occupy their premises who isn't paying any rent and isn't really responsible other than their agreement that this state. So the agreement has to protect the property owner, as well as provide what the person staying in the apartment needs, which is the stability of an address while they're getting themselves together. It's the same thing that a shelter provides, except the shelters aren't really safe because you don't really have your, your own place that, you know, all your, you know, fixtures and everything. And, and then they, they they can actually ask you to leave at a certain time, whereas this would this would not be that level of regimentation. But at the same time, it's got to protect the building owner that's agreeing to this. And and there are a lot of things to consider. And I know we're we're running out of time. I, I believe we're going to do a part two on this. And I think next next week we'll see if we can have some lawyers as well as. Uh, I want to invite some people who've had the experience of being in a shelter and uh, or even had the experience of having cooperative living and continue to hash this out and, and even add some of the things that have been suggested today so that we can actually present a workable solution to this crisis 
to our elected officials and to the business community that may be willing to do, as, as Zoe suggested, even either finance it with their their financial contributions or be directly responsible to the building owner. But either way, you know, we need to hash this out so that we actually present a solution that could work and then begin to implement it. Because we gotta, we got to come up with something real quick before these freezing temperatures hit and, and putting tents out in vacant lots, that's not going to cut it. Not in Chicago in 20-degree weather. It's just not. So uh, that that is one of the things that we're suggesting. Uh, so now this this part here, and maybe, uh, well, Zoe, maybe you have a thought on this as well. Number six on here that says, I shall consume no alcoholic beverage or indulge in any mind-altering or illegal substances while on the premises. Uh, I, you know what? I don't think uh, uh, that's uh, uh, that is. What if I just want to have a beer? Um. Yeah. Well. Okay. That's the thought. Know, I, yeah. Um, I just want to have a beer. Even if I have addiction, you know, as as long as I'm not causing a problem, and you shouldn't penalize and anybody right to have a a glass of wine, a beer. So I think that might be a, too restrictive. Uh, okay. So then how do you make people responsible for their behavior if – and, 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 again, we want to see people like human beings, but at the well, same I, time realizing that people are taking a big risk, and a lot of times people are homeless because they got, got addiction or alcohol well, problems. Okay, if they, you know, maybe excessive drinking, you use the word excessive to the point that cause this this uh, uh, disturbance um, so. or destruction of the property, I will be on as a ground for terminating this license to stay. Okay, so then uh, let's see here. And of course, this one here. I shall uh, I shall harbor no firearms on the premises or use any items as a weapon. Nor shall I engage in any acts of aggression or threat or of bodily harm to any resident or any individual on the premises. Now, Kareem pointed out that there are people who might have uh, firearm carry permits, that kind of thing. But my thought is, you know, just like you have on the stores, you know, they said no guns, no weapons. You know, yeah. you can't, no. you can't, you can't have it. No, firearms. not in this one. So if they want to have a gun, they can't be they here. go someone else. I so, think yeah. here the the owner has a right to set the limit. If the people think they need a gun to solve a dispute, they would move somewhere else. Yeah, because, go somewhere else if you don't feel safe enough for you. And and, and <laughs> he mentioned that they maybe need to be paid security. But again, you know how. Yeah, you'd you'd have to you'd have to that be have to be one of the things that the business community finance. There has to be there has to be a way that it doesn't end up being turned into a prison type environment. But there still has to be security because that's one of the issues with shelters. There really isn't security, and if another resident, another occupant, another person staying there violates you, then 
how do you protect yourself? So I think that's why I feel uh, this agreement should be between the city, the public, the private business, which will provide security on, uh, uh, for the premises and uh, the, the landlord, the property owners, and homeless individuals. Mm. So it's like a full party because yeah. somebody needs to provide security and that expense, you know? And then it's, it's also, uh, you know, you're talking about somebody living there and uh, who to pay for all the utilities. Does that individual can't afford to pay utilities or is that person is willing to pay? What so, if that person do not pay? So would utility companies be willing to be a part of this agreement so that the person has electricity and gas? Well, you know, is it possible that utility companies could then receive some type of subsidy? Well, you know, we're we're almost out of time. Um, what we're going to do, we're going to come back next week and continue to hash this out and perhaps have people who will be affected by this, the property owners, the people who perhaps will have lawmakers and lawyers to Continue this process because by December we need to have something and somewhere where people can go because they're not going to be able to survive on the street. There's a whole lot of deaths that happen every year. I know we're about to uh, our our time is up and about we got one minute left. Uh, Kareem, do you think we can come back next week and and do part two? Yes, I'm I'm, I'm definitely. This is a very critical issue that that we must address. Human lives are on the line. Absolutely. So our goal is to have this in place by December 1st. I think that's that's when the the winter time is really going to hit. Very long to go. Yes. All right. Let's make it happen. Well, thanks so much for joining us today, Zoe. We look at having you back next week because we're going to hash this out and see if we can actually make a solution that the people can come together and make work. So we'll be back. And we invite you all to join us back. And of course, if you're listening online, uh, we certainly invite you to come on back with us and be a part of the We've come to the end of our show today. But you can hear every show in the archives at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the-female-solution. You can also hear today's show on the Female Solution Facebook page. Go to www.facebook.com slash thefemalesolution. Leave your comments about today's show. You can always reach me on my website at www.naimalatif.com. That's www.naimahlatif.com. Watch our TV shows, listen to our radio shows, order our books, and be sure to get your copy of the book, The Female Solution. On behalf of our team of radio hosts, I'd like to thank all of you who participated in today's discussion. And to our global family listening from all around the world, we say thank you. To our family in China, Sheshe, India, Zanyaba, Japan, 
Alingato, Korea, Kamsanida, Russia, Spasiba, Germany, Danke, Poland, John Kujun, France, Merci, Spain, Gracias, Italy, Gracie, Egypt, Shukran, Ghana, Medasi, Nigeria, Eshe, South Africa, Ngiabonga, Senegal, Jared, Kenya, Asante, Israel, Toda, Pakistan, Shukriya, Afghanistan, Tashakor, Saudi Arabia, Shukran. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Thank you, and may peace be upon you, and the mercy of God, and God's blessings. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.